Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by TriVegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Kristen Williams, physical therapist and lead senior teacher, amazing person. Hello, my dear. Oh, hello. Hello, everyone. So you will launch us off with a question. Yes. So um, I have a question from our friend, uh, our friend, Sarah Kingsley, my win physical therapy. She said, uh, question for Wednesday Q&A. I was doing Lara's set for energy class this morning. And the first time I went into flash dance, I heard my whole back pop. It felt good, I think, and no pain afterwards and continued the flow with all the plyo just fine. Is this normal? Did I just readjust myself or was I using too much of my back extensors and not enough glutes? I also saw that you and Lara were together this weekend. My question is who teaches who when you are practicing or do you guys just listen to one of the lit dailies together? Uh, 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 I already, I already told her the answer to that, that you were actually teaching. Laura was actually teaching live on our lit prime during that. And I was taking, so do you want to start off with her question about the flash dance? Yeah. We explain what flash dance is for people who don't know. Yeah. So basically it's a, it's a weight bearing modified side plank kind of deal with extension in the, and it's really a nice way to get a nice uniform extension in the spine. I like it because I love table with one hand, but for a lot of people that is just too much of a front body extension loading one hand with, you know, just this chest opening here. It's not as much chest opening, not as much shoulder um, range of motion, and you can really access that nice spinal extension. So it's, it's, if you were imagining looking or trying it yourself, your right knee would be on the floor. Your left leg is kind of extended out and your right hand is on the floor, but it's turned to the right. And then you're kind of lifting up into a back bend feeling. 
So it's kind of a side side plank, but also a little bit of back. It's like the fallen triangle too with the front leg. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 And it does give you that what a feeling. That's why I started calling it flash dance. Also, you could watch flash dance. She does something similar to that in her own dancing. So my answer is, oh, I adjust my back all the time. That is to me, that's totally normal. You know, I, in fact, often when I go into a table for the first time or a twisted crescent or something, my neck will like make a noise. It's like, it just kind of just, you know, everything just shifts a little bit and it makes a noise. So I would say it's fine as long as it felt okay. Sometimes noise scares us because we're like, holy crap, that was loud. I mean, it can be a big clonk sometimes. So it's, I feel like if you know you were relatively warmed up and, and integrated, which we do in our reset, it's not like we were doing this in the first 15 minutes, it should have been fine. And it is, yeah, I, I call it our self-adjustment. I feel like we can adjust. And that's what a lot of our lit moves are, is they set your body up, then you use gravity to kind of realign stuff. Always with the integrated core, that's why you get it. It's like if I was pulling on a, on a rope, if you were on one side and I was on one side, Kristen, we're pulling, there's a natural balance of that pull. And there versus if if just, you know, she walks away and I'm like, ah, you know, that that's when you don't have the control of the center. And that's when there could be some imbalance and some kind of not, I don't want to say damage to the tissue, but it could not be the tissue would be more vulnerable. Uh, the joints would be more vulnerable, but as long as you have that balance of that little tug of war, it's, you're going to kind of tug some things back into place. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think that that, that, that sound, we, we call it cavitation is just the gapping of the joints. And so particularly in that universal extension of a flash dance, or even like a reverse table, like you said, um, that's exactly what we're doing. We're almost tractioning the spine up out of the pelvis. So you get like that especially the fact that she said it was multiple, like, but you know, she just basically opened up and uh, like popping Tupperware. And Mm -hmm. that is what we're actually looking for when we do a manual adjustment of the spine. When something has been flexed a lot, we want to open it up and we're, we don't seek, uh, we don't seek out the pop, but when we get the pop, we know it's kind of confirmation that we've gapped that joint and just, that's like a little, um, I think of like a little reboot of the, of the joint. You're just kind of putting it right back into, cause it's, we don't often, so, well, we, we fear the pop because we think of pops as things breaking. Like dislocating. Like, yeah. Dislocating. Yeah. yeah. Rarely in the spine will you pop something and it's a painful pop, you know, that does yeah. happen, but usually, especially on something that's an active, she's doing it to herself. It's so hard for our body doing something active to hurt ourselves, which is why we give patients stuff to do on their own that's not passive because the body's not going to let us go to that point. When, when we get hurt, we're usually doing something where we're distracted, we're doing something passive, we're leaning into something, and then the body doesn't have time to respond to it as opposed to like a flash dance it's very active. You're lifting up out. Um, I mean, a lot of what we do in lit is active. That's why we don't do a lot of passive things because we want that control. So pops we get in lit are active, controlled, good, good pops. The pops you get when you're sinking into something 
without close attention to how is your pelvis? How are you using your glutes? How are you using the muscles? That's when we hurt ourselves. And, you know, that's why we're constantly cueing everyone throughout each class to be contained in the core, be purposeful with your movement patterns, because then you won't get hurt. That's, mm-hmm. that's basically the bottom line. So I, I'm, and she said she kept going. It felt pretty good. You know, it's like, heck yeah. I love it when I get those. Oh, I know. It's like this. I'm like, this is a free, free trip to the chiropractor right here. Like you can just do it yourself. Will you just, I think it's a great launching pad because I think probably a lot of people are just curious why we snap, crackle and pop. And you mentioned cavitation. Can you just explain a little bit more what is going on? Like people are like, I don't know what is going on. Yes. So when that gapping is happening, is um, the pressure change creating that sound? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it is. You know, you can think of it like um, we have a negative pressure within our joints, which is what's interesting. You know, it's, it's very set throughout the body. And a lot of people will uh, talk to me about, gosh, ever since I had my knee surgery, ever since I had my shoulder surgery, I can tell when the weather is going to change. And I don't know if this is true, but my belief is as soon as you go and cut into a joint, you've changed that negative pressure. It's no longer like it was. So we're much more like normally with joints, you can't tell when the weather is going to change, but without a doubt, when people have some sort of, you know, joint surgery, joint replacement, even just an ACL or, you know, they can feel it because of that difference in the pressure. So that's exactly what's happening with a cavitation. Like when you pop your knuckles or your, your spine, you're just gapping and that it's, it's almost like, uh, like a suction cup. Yeah. The Tupperware thing was a great, like a great example. Yeah. And actually, by the way, without surgery, with arthritis, because you've changed, you've changed the um, space in the joint because it's, you know, the deterioration and that, that too, people will feel like, oh gosh, something's happening. (laughs) Something's we're about to have a, a pressure change system because they have had that pressure change just because they've lost the joint space or it's opened up really because they don't have the stuff in between anymore. The cartilage is, has been deteriorated. So their, their space has changed and they really can sense that kind of barometric change. I believe it. I, I, I've seen it. So, I mean, with patients enough, they're just like, they're rubbing whatever. And like something's a brewing. <laughs> yeah. So it is all tomorrow. It's going to rain. Yeah. We all know. And they're, yeah. they're right. <laughs> yeah. So I think it is really important for people to know we are noisy because we have you know, we have uh, a lot of water in us and we have air in us. We have these spaces within the joints that allows this wonderful movement to happen. We want that space in there. And so when things think about it, a compressed area, and that might've been with Sarah, she might've been a little compressed in some of the areas, assuming she was probably a little bit flexed in some areas and they were short, kind of um, crunched down and that just like open it up. So yeah, it's all good. It's all good. All right. Next question. This is from Karen Lee Creative. Oh, we love her. Um, is squeezing the scaps to toward each other an okay way to counter protraction? So I think she was asking this maybe as an like in you know in plank or some place where. We want the 
scapula to be in neutral. It was interesting because I traveled this weekend for a workshop and you know, I'm sometimes in my lit bubble where everybody does understand what a neutral scapula is. And then I get out and I realize like how often <laughs> neutral scapula is not taught in plank. People are taught to protract. So I think in some ways, Karen is asking, is it okay to squeeze them toward each other to counter that? So what I think of is if you just think of like a, um, a slide ruler, you know, or some kind of sliding thing, what you want to find is this middle ground. So if you're over in protracted land, you're going to slide over to that middle by the, the action of retraction. But if you're in the middle land and you retract, you're going to go too far into retraction land, right? So it's a slide rule. you got to be neutral. It's a spectrum. It's not a single line on that. But you, if you're too squeezed in, you're going to have to kind of let them slide apart a little bit in a protracted way to get more neutral. So I think what you're asking is, is it okay to cue retraction to get neutral? And I would say, yes, I find that I have used that cue a lot. What I've used more recently, because I want people to understand the connection of the scapula to the rib cage and then via the rib cage into the chest wall, like through the body, is to soften the chest and try and pull the scapula in enough that they can allow that. Because if you're rounded, you can't really soften your chest. So if you just start to soften your chest, what you'll notice and you'll feel without you know, overdoing it is the scapula start to find that more neutral position. And that seems to work, but this, there's, it's always great to have multiple cues. What you don't want, sometimes squeezing the scapula, can, it's like when you say squeeze the glutes. I'm very uh, particular when I use those cues because I know squeeze has this like <clears throat> gripping kind of feel. Sometimes I really want somebody to grip that glute hard, but if I say it all the time, they might be overly gripping in, in kind of you know weird ways and similar to the scapula. So vocabulary is important, verbs are important, but um, what the action of what's happening is the most important thing and how you can find that, that spectrum of neutral is important. So long answer is yes, you can squeeze the cat scapula to get them to counteract protraction, but it don't do it in a way that's just like the opposite, like try and find their place on the back ribs, which will be a neutral. Yeah. And I think it's important to point out, and I love that because I talk about that a lot too. It's, it's relative to where the body is in space. It's that neutral ground in the middle. It's also relative to where your arms are, you know, so people, if their arms are really close together, you know, they might need to draw their shoulder blades together more to find a neutral. But if the arms are out to the side or in a goalpost, squeezing together there is too much. So we also have to be, you know, keep in mind and plank that matters too. A lot of times I'll see people, they just have their hands too narrow in plank. And so it's really hard to find a, a neutral scapula with a really narrow hand be, because of that adduction, horizontal adduction, the shoulder is going to protract the scapula. It's going to follow along a little bit as per just the joint dynamics. So that is where what you're saying, Laura, is be careful with your vocabulary and you change it depending on the position the body is in. 
And so a lot of times if people are having trouble finding neutral, we'll take people through the range. So if they're in their plank, wherever their hand placement is, have them press apart, have them squeeze together. If you, you know, do that serratus puff, we call it, and then Mm -hmm. find that middle ground. That's your easiest way to help people find neutral rather than just saying, squeeze your shoulder blades together because they will oftentimes err to the too much. Yeah. Or, but I love the soften the chest is such a great cue because we also, to your point, it's where the rib cage is as well. If the ribs or if the thoracic spine is really flexed, that's going to also be different than if the thoracic spine is more open and uh, neutral or even extended. So everything moves together. We always talk about the shoulder girdle complex being Mm -hmm. the humerus, the scapula, the ribs, and then obviously sternum, clavicle, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But when we're thinking about it in terms of that squeezing or not, the big components I'm looking at are where, where, where are the arms, where is the rib cage, thoracic spine, and then the scapula as well. So just keeping that in mind too. But I think that's a great question, Karen, and you're looking to dig deeper to know how do I cue this best? I love that. And I think that's, uh, you know, not to toot our own teacher's horns, but we can, because what we're not doing in lit is having a cue and say, apply all. And that is probably the biggest, I don't know, negative or downfall of yoga is that it doesn't teach people about the body. It teaches cues. And then the teachers who haven't done lit, for instance, and there's probably some other, you know, uh, functionally sound ones out there, but, um, we just go, so we do such a deep dive that it is not a, we're not teaching you cues that you use every time you're in down dog or every time you're in plank, cause they're not gonna, it's not going to work for everybody. And it is all dependent on how a person is holding themselves in plank. And so I think you can really see from Kristen's answer, it is super complex and it's good to just have lots of variability in what you can offer somebody um, because there's not one cue that's going to apply all. Yeah, exactly. Orlando is having a dream. I don't know if you heard some, if, I you, can heard, hear him. if you heard some noises that sounded fishy in the background, that's the my dog. dog. <laughs> nothing <laughs> else is correct. Nothing else is happening over here. All right. Uh, you, you want to go next. You have another question. Yeah. All right. So this is from our friend Fuka who says, I know you probably get 700 messages like this and feel free to use it in the Q&A if that makes more sense. And I think the reason I want to use this in Q&A, I did answer her, but I think that this is applicable to a lot of people. Um, I have super tight hamstrings, I'm guessing due to my years of running and tennis, which is causing me a lot of issues in yoga classes. I've been okay with this for the most part, but sometimes it's just so annoying to be in dolphin and get a quad cramp because of it. I have been doing only lit now for almost two years. So I think it's fair to say doing lit alone isn't going to help enough to improve a bit. Any tips, exercises I could do more to gain more hamstring flexibility. Uh, Now I feel like I'm not gaining any more mobility and flexibility and my hamstrings even feel more tight compared to the time when I did traditional yoga. Could also be in my head since I don't think I paid attention to my pelvis at that time. Hope this makes sense. So I reached back out to her and I did say, uh, first, when I read it, I thought she was talking about one side more than the other, but it is both sides. And um, she did send me a picture 
of herself in both Dolphin and Standing L. So um, I, I know Fuka won't mind if I show you this and then the people will see it if they're watching on our podcast. But, um, you know, that is her in her Dolphin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see. Yeah, and then let me just show you, this is her in her... And she really said she struggles a lot with standing L, feels like she needs to use blocks. Mm -hmm. So what do you notice? So first of all, what all I can see is um, I, I'm not, when anybody tells me they're tight in their hamstrings, I, I believe them. I believe that's where they're feeling it. But I am like, I want to look at it like I just looked at hers. And what I see is a lot of tightness around the pelvis. And the transition from the ribs to below the pelvis, which is the thoracodorsal fascia stuff. So, and I can, you can see that because of the effort it is also all the way in the shoulders. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's really just tight in their hamstrings. They would just, it would look like they're very like flexed in their hips, but it wouldn't affect as much all the way up. Now, truthfully, if somebody's tight in their hamstrings, most likely they're tight all the way up. But if that was actually the case, then, so, you know, number one, you lit might not be enough because it really depends on what you're doing the rest of the day. Like you're not doing lit 12 hours a day. So you, what I would say is, how are you sitting? How are you standing? How are you moving? How, what is happening in your upper body? Like I, this is looking a little bit flexed up here, which is going to pull on that back chain and it's going to be felt. You have to look at it like a you know, I always say, if you think of like a, some kind of material that goes over a curve, like of a, like of a table. And if I pull on this in the, the pull across the table ledge is going to make this side tighter, right? But the actual tightness is being put from up here, if that makes sense. So going over that ledge is going over your pelvis, going over your sit bones and that, that soft tissue there gets pulled in the hamstrings down into the knees. So my number one thing is how is your thoracic extension? Like, is that, are you working on that? Because that is going to help down the chain. Cause that to me in the standing L and in the dolphin looked pretty, that looked more restricted in my mind. Cause that was, that was trying to take her pelvis into posterior tilt. I think it was more from that end than the other end. Why? Because that I'm, for anybody that's not looking um, at watching this on YouTube, by the way, you can watch us on YouTube and we do a lot with our hands. But if somebody's in dolphin or somebody is in inversion like she was, and there's a rounding in the upper back, that is a big signal that that's where the tightness is, but it might be felt all the way down in the hamstrings because it's just pulled all that material up and then it's just getting, you know, those little hamstrings are like, wait a second. So, I would first say, are you using blocks underneath your hands to get extension in thoracic spine for standing out? Maybe even for, maybe even for a down dog. For a dolphin, she could be way up on her toes, way up there. And I would say lift, try and stretch from the scapula to the pelvis, suction that belly up like you can't, like more than you think to get that deep hip flexion and to get the spine more elongated. And yes, you're probably feeling the hamstrings 
My gut is that it's really in the thoracic spine, either extension, rotation. That's where my, like my eyes were like, boom, immediately that caught my eyes as a stuck point. And we look at enough bodies, like we can kind of sense the energy of it. It was not from like the pelvis being pulled down towards your heels. It was really more the other way. Am I on the right track? Does that sound about right? Yeah, no, I think (laughs) you're on the right track. And what I love about this, and Laura can attest to this, that was me seven years ago. When I first came to the studio, Laura's biggest comment to me was, wow, your low back is really tight, which I'm a runner too. And I was a, you know, I was a sprinter. Then I became a distance runner, new to yoga when I first met, met Laura. And that's how I think I looked. So then you come to the lit method where we are encouraged bending of the knees, flexing in the hips, traditional yoga, the knees are all straight. You actually have less tension along the back fascia with a lot of traditional yoga. So we're asking you to lengthen that space out a bit more by taking it out of taking it out of the hamstrings in a way that is not hanging on them, hanging on flexibility. So for people like me and you who um, tend to be tighter there, I, I will say it takes time. It's taken, I've been now doing lit for seven years and it's, well, and I've been doing lit for probably nine years, but it's taken probably five to get to where I feel like I have a, and to your point, Laura, that dolphin really getting that length from the scapula, the crown of the head, really all mm-hmm. the way up to the tailbone is, is crucial to be able to not feel it in the hamstrings to where I don't have to lift up on my toes as much anymore because I'm so long in the back body, loosening up in the lat, you know, the lat can pull on that thoracolumbar fascia, that thoracodorsal fascia, uh, the scapulae, getting them mobile, you know, all of that up there, loosening that up to your point, which is excellent. It's that pulley, you know, you're going right over that hump and then you feel it at the other end. So my response back to her was, I'm not sure you're feeling hamstring tightness. I feel like, because I was like, first thing I asked, do you feel weak at all? When I thought it was just one leg, I was like, does one leg feel weak? And then she's like, no, it's both legs and they feel really strong. And that's when I said, can you send me more pictures so we can see you at other? And then when she sent that standing split picture, it was like, oh, there, there it is. There's, it was much more obvious standing at all picture. So yeah, let's, this Number is huge. I, I mean, yeah. I just, yeah. Be patient. Yeah. Be patient. I, I talked about that this weekend. I said, think about it this way. How long have you been walking around in your body like this? So even if you're say, say you're 35, you've had at least 15 good years of, of creating whatever is existing. Now it's not going to take 15 years to undo it, but it's not going to take five days. It might not be five months. It might be five years, but Hey, five is better than 15. So it's like, and when things are changing and sometimes those signals are getting bigger, like like she might be experiencing bigger signals because you are getting more aligned. You're actually getting more, you are getting, you know, you're not just caving in, uh, in the more traditional way of just kind of hanging on the sacrum, hanging on the pelvis, giving a little stretch in the hamstrings, but it's not active. It's not, it's not lengthening and strengthening. So yes, be patient. It, it takes time to undo some stuff and, and to renew and to, you know, recalibrate and rewire. You know, it's just like, if you were to start soccer today, having never learned how to play soccer, you're not going to be a great soccer player for a while. It's just, 
it's a new concept. It requires different set of skills and different set of muscles and, and brain mapping. And that's kind of how moving differently, moving in a different way like we do is, even though the movements might be similar to ones you've done before, you're doing them in a different way. It's, it's like a different language. So yeah, be patient. Great question. All right. Lovely questions. As always, we appreciate hearing from you all. If you ever want to write us your own questions, please uh, hit us up on Instagram. That's the best place. Direct message me at lara.hyman or KB at kbwilliams99. Farewell. Love you, my friend. I love you too. Bye, everyone. Bye. And we're pulling for you as always. <laughs>